and like to a certain extent like the players who are there now will never catch up to that level but the guys who come behind them will learn from the experiences of the guys who come before them and hopefully they'll be better for Ireland this game was spinning your wheels like I understand that Farrell had to put out the full team here um, because he needs to build momentum and cohesion for the South Africa game because we are coming into that game ice cold ice cold you look at the schedule that the Springboks had coming into their game against Scotland you look at the schedule that Scotland had where they had those two games against France home and away they came into that game better prepared we knew coming into this tournament that we would have essentially two further warm-ups once we get into the World Cup itself there's lots of debate I've heard a few different people actually saying one that our our pool is really hard and that you know with the scheduling because our, our pool is very hard but the schedule of, it, of the pool makes it really harder and I've seen other people say that the scheduling actually makes it really easy everybody's entitled to their opinion um, but the, the, the wrong people <laughs> are saying that um, it's actually really good that Ireland have two easier fixtures before they have their hardest fixture obviously we have to play the game we can't play the game in advance um, but for me I would like to get that big game out of the way first or second um, having it third in the schedule with your easiest game first and then your third easiest game second that allows you to build points I fully expect Ireland to win against Tonga this weekend with um, a bonus point and add to their points difference uh, thing is Scotland and, and South Africa will do so against Romania and Tonga again um, so for me it just you were better as a rugby team when you experienced difficult fixtures as a group together since the Six Nations, Ireland haven't had an extremely difficult fixture since that home game against France and that away game against Scotland where we should have lost but won. You take a lot of strength from those. You know, even just to bring it back to Munster for a second, Munster's run to the end of the season where you just have an absolute murderer's row of, of opponents away from home each time. Like, with each win you get better and better and better and better and for Ireland I think the schedule for me makes this really hard group even harder because it essentially makes it an inevitability that you are coming into that South Africa game not battle hardened and part of the reason why I think that's important is you look at some of the tries that Ireland scored against uh, Romania at the weekend um, really poor defence by Romania which, uh, look again which is to be expected like they're a tier 3 side they're ranked 19th in the world of course their defence is going to be poor of course they're going to drop off ridiculously in the second half we didn't drop off with them or our level stayed the same throughout and we put them away but that is not adequate preparation for Tonga let alone for South Africa so that in itself, it makes it, your your the quality of your own training has to be higher than those games, and with that comes risks. I mean, we've seen guys getting injured in training. Was it the the the, the Fijian number ten lost um, basically his his World Cup within the injury that he suffered in training, and and that can happen. 
But for Ireland in these next two weeks, we have to train like devils to get at the level that we need to be and to be at the pitch that we need to be at to take on that Springbok side who are a different level of physicality. Like, I, I think what we're looking at this week is that Farrell has two options. One, the knowledge that Tonga are a very physical team and that even though Ireland should beat them and, and will beat them, we can't expect to just show up and win that game by default. Like, you could do that against Romania, okay? Everybody know, knows, like, knew it. You, you could take your... You could take your, your 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 talk before the game and just go look look we're going to go in this we're going to win it we're going to do you know blah 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 we respect the opposition and all this other stuff, but Ireland knew that whatever happened they were winning that game bar a one in a thousand level performance you know like like as bad as Argentina were against England. So when you look at how um, Farrell has to basically prep his team for the next couple of weeks. Because he's basically got this Tonga game coming up and then the pool decider or what, you know, could be the pool decider. Two weeks off and then Scotland. Looking at how um, Ireland have typically approached these games, it is to basically just pump ourselves full of cohesion the way that Bane and Batman would pump himself full of uh, the green juice that would make him a super strong luchador that's what Ireland have typically done when we've got a big game coming up we build cohesion into the team so that they're coming in on a roll and everybody knows what they're doing there's high levels of understanding between the group they train together as the like the the full team versus opposition as much as possible during the week then they have the game then they train that week then they have the game then they build to the game that they're trying to build towards and then there's the risk that you can't really play like that team unless you have the core guys from that team in the team. So against Tonga, who are going to be big and physical and who are going to hit hard, we have to be like basically prepared to have key guys get injured if that's the route we want to go down. I'm in two minds as to whether Farrell will do that or not. Because I think one of the things we saw from um, one of the things we saw from the um, Romanian game was that there's a couple of guys who I think we have to include against South Africa who are 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 or should be involved as either starters or finishers in our you know our category one um, or our category A team. So look, I I think that the biggest thing, as far as I'm concerned, is getting the core fellas on the team for the Springboks game. Injuries are going to happen regardless. It's going to be a part of everybody's World Cup, I think, where you're going to, you know, have one, between one to four of your key guys are going to get hurt and miss a big game. And that's just kind of how it's always been. The other option for Farrell is that he wants to reduce the chances of losing one of his core guys by basically rotating the team. I think Andy Farrell has learned that because of the way he has built this Ireland team it doesn't handle rotation very well against any sort of serious side and I think you look back at 
the very close game against Japan in the summer of 2021 when he had an incredibly rotated team that, I mean, could have lost that game. I think they won a 36-31 in the end. Far too close for comfort. You look at the other games that we've seen since against Fiji, and I think it was in 2022 or 2020, the one in 2022, a lot closer than what it needed to be, even with the red card for Fiji. Um, in the Six Nations, like he hasn't done much in the way of rotation for the Italy game, for example, because Italy have improved. So he doesn't want to run the risk of a, of a destabilizing loss. So he has to pick more or less the same team every week in certain positions there are certain guys who he cannot be without and the worry for Farrell is that I think he is and has been sitting up since last week because I don't think the Romania game was much of a you'd be worried about fellas getting injured alright because it can happen in every every game every moment of the game is an invitation for injury but I think Farrell would have been looking at um, this Tonga game for a while and looking at the possibilities there for like how do we get beyond this team because he won't have seen anything of them since the, the warm-ups and with the knowledge that they will be better this is the game that they're targeting right now they like they missed last weekend because they're they're obviously in a bye week so like they're going to be coming at this game incredibly physically um that's the worry for um for ireland is that They've got a very big front five. They've got a very big back row. <laughs> They've got an explosive midfield and power wingers to beat the fucking band. This is where power wingers are made. So, like, their systems and their structures aren't great. Defensively, they could see an awful lot of tries and they underscore their 22 entries by quite a bit so far this year. But the worry would be that they've had a week to acclimatise in France. They're rearing to go. This is the game they're targeting. Nobody expects them to win. So do you send in that rotated team knowing that anytime you have rotated that team there's been trouble? That's the the problem for um, Andy Farrell is that it would be much easier if we were playing the Springboks this weekend because you've got that soft game you can basically run through like you're hitting a heavy bag you've got your prep done and training hopefully and then you hit that Springboks game. The danger with this Tongan game is that if we're not, you know, Ireland RFC for this game, we run the risk of having a destabilizing kind of momentum sapping performance because the guys who come in, if you were going to rotate out Porter, we'll say, um, maybe you were going to rotate out Ryan, maybe you're going to rotate out Sexton, maybe have him on the bench, which is again, I think a bit of a risk as well. Um, if you're going to rotate out Ringrose, we'll say, or Omani, you run the risk of that game kind of getting out of hand. And this is going to be the the question for um, Farrell. How much does he risk? And at the same time, you can't have a squad of players there who are just training at the World Cup either. That is also a mistake that I feel Andy Farrell, as a player's coach, will understand. I think he has to back the squad he brought at some point. I think circumstances dictated that to Romania game was out for the rotation that maybe you might have expected coming in I think also some poor performances in the warm-ups also meant that they had to go strong for that game and look you've got a big win 82-8 but the worry would be that um, you're kind of you're damned if you do and damned if you don't you're kind of putting everything on winning that Springboks game and making it difficult to get there 
and that's the worry so I think looking at this game do I think Sexton got a, you know, did, did he get a workout in this game to get him up to the level he needs to be for the spring box maybe you know I think he would have got a harder game against Portugal to be honest um, but you look at like the actual contest itself like we scored some nice tries there were some decent like Bundy Aki had a great performance I thought I thought Tyg Byrne played really well um, I thought Peter Romani was really good as well um, like I said again but like you, you have to you have to couch it as well the fact that it's Romania do you know what I mean like I was initially impressed with, with Joe McCarthy's performance he looked very very physical against Romania so like he had some good moments in Mall D um, looks to be getting a little bit sharper at the line out which is important he'll need that um, took his try well enough he was going after it long enough <laughs> got it eventually um, but I don't know I think that this this Romania game it's kind of a mistake to take anything from it because I think they're just so far below Ireland's level that you know even some of the lovely tries that we scored were against a tiring opposition who were basically were blowing black smoke after 30 minutes but you'd expect that they play at a much lower level at their clubs they play at a much lower level internationally like the, the gap is widening between these between these teams and the number one team in the world is going to smoke the 19th team in the world every single time in the current game because it's just getting so so difficult and, and the top level of the game is stretching so far ahead speed wise physicality power wise the whole lot so look I, I, th- I think that Ireland will take they got some nice tries built a bit of momentum to a certain extent but the real game start this week against Tonga and that's going to be the big uh, question mark for me um, I've had a few questions from people who are coming in and, and uh, emailing me ahead of the 5 Star Podcast this week um, just basically wondering what my thoughts were on different players in that game the standout guy to me was Bundy Aki he made Romania look like the 19 ranked team in the world he has been really really good for me he's the nailed down starter at number 12 for us now physically you know creatively his passing is really good his breakdown work overall is very good he is looking jacked and shredded and he is playing big um i think he has to start against the spring box um i think he like i said i think i said in the live stream yesterday his ability to link up with gary ringrose is really really good as well uh, i think they get the best out of each other i think that the decision making between Hansen and and Earls, I think they'll go with Hansen to start. Uh, I thought even off the bench, I thought he added a little bit more for me. He's a bit more creative. I think he's a better kicker of the ball. Earls is still a fantastic guy to have in that back, you know, that back three rotation because he could fit in both eleven and fourteen really easy, a bit like his uh, coffee brand. But he can fit in really really easily there and cover anybody if they pick up a knock. He is a bit of like his, his kicking is really good. Like it wouldn't be as reliable as 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 Lowe's we'll say, and he wouldn't be as powerful as James Lowe. But he's a decent carrier. He's really quick still, even at his age. So he's the perfect guy to have in this squad for this World Cup because you can slot him in anywhere in that back three, really, as far as I'm concerned, and even have him cover it outside centre if needs be. Just again, a really really good player, and I think with Jimmy O'Brien's fitness still a bit of a concern. You know, you can make an easy decision there to go with Earls on the bench against South Africa, for example, or start him in this game at eleven if you don't if you don't want to risk James Lowe. That's that's gonna be the 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 one of the questions I think they'll be talking about this week from a selection perspective. Um I, I think that Hansen, 
I think his creativity, I think his his passing and his handling at first receiver, I think I would have that in the team, you know? Like, I think it allows Hugo Keenan to be more of a strike runner as opposed to using him as a, as a playmaker, which I think he's decent at in the wider areas, but I'm not sure if I want him, you know, doing too many rotations in at first receiver. Um, Sexton, again, is just a really good example of consistency where he's been out for six months. He came in here to this game. He scored a, a bucket of points, but just looked really consistent. I mean, yeah, he made a mistake early in the game because I think he wanted to make something happen. But once he settled in, he just made good decisions over and over again and just made the right pass nine times out of 10, which I think is what is what Sexton does. He's not the, the same level athlete that he would have been when he was early, you know, earlier in his career, obviously. But um, his ability to make the right decision compensates for that every single time and uh his just his how easy it is for him to just kind of slip into game mode is a, is a big advantage for Ireland and I think that looking at the way he just stepped into this game I think that will have given um Andy Farrell enough confidence to go maybe we don't need him for Tonga maybe we don't want to risk him getting fucking annihilated by Malachi Fekatoa uh, and putting him out for that South Africa game that's the that's the worry like that would be the worry against Tonga is that they will have more possession they will be more dangerous on counter transition for sure so we don't want to like again we'll have to kick to them because that's our game but they're going to be much more dangerous on the counter attack than Romania were and they will run that ball back and we're going to need to be able to get that ball off them at the breakdown because they'll try to hang on to it so the worry is that <laughs> we'll need to start Ty Byrne, we'll need to start Caelan Doris, we'll need to start guys who can basically challenge for the ball at the breakdown so that we just don't end up losing it for long periods and wait for a wait for a, an error. So straight away now you can see yourself, well, if we need to get guys who can, if we're going to kick the Tonga, and we are, and they're not going to kick the ball back as readily as Romania did, and they won't, then we'll need to start guys who can win the ball back at the breakdown or at least threaten to do so and then straight away you're going okay well that means Ty Byrne that means Caelan Doris that means Andrew Porter that means and all of a sudden you're kind of going well shit we can't just throw those guys in isolated we're going to need to bring you know Ronan, Ronan Kelleher maybe is Dan Sheen fit like and then all of a sudden you're talking yourself into they're probably not going to rotate maybe not in the pack um, I think you could probably go well. We could we can do without James Ryan there in that in that in that example. Then maybe start Ian Henderson alongside Ty Byrne, put Joe McCarthy on the bench, or put Ryan Baird. Have him come off the bench as a lock, maybe. And, and you could kind of kind of get to the South Africa game that way. I think the biggest scope for rotation is in it's at halfback. I think in the scrum in, at scrum half it certainly is. Like I think that if you want to start Jamison Gibson Park against South Africa. I don't think there's any reason at all to have him involved against Tonga. Um, you could start Craig Casey in that game easily uh, and have him be a guy who could run you through the game. You could start Crowley easily. You could have Ross Byrne on the bench, in my opinion. Um, then in midfield, that's a perfect game for Stuart McCluskey at 12. If you don't want to risk Bundy Aki, if Robbie Henshaw is fit, maybe try him out at outside centre. He's got a you know he's got a game with Stuart McCluskey in that role anyway, so you can save ring rows if that's the case. Um, in the back three, I think you're limited. You're going to have to start one of them. So Hansen maybe if you're going to leave Low off, um, bring Earls in. Keenan will start at fullback. Generally, he's fairly reliable. Um, like from a an availability perspective, if he gets hurt, he gets hurt. But 
he's been the main man we've selected almost every time for the last couple of years and he stayed fit so have to back that this time um that's kind of where we're at for that Tonga game I think they're the decisions that they come in and one of the one of the big questions I got about was jo- about Joe McCarthy I spoke about on the live stream about like why I don't like and didn't like that massive puff piece that was in on him last week uh in the 42 now it's great for his parents and people who know him to kind of see the article where everybody's saying lovely stuff about him you know Tony Smith I think it's Smith in the in Trinity the coach of, of Trinity basically saying he's fucking King Kong fucking strongest man alive strength of a gorilla you know for the last couple of um of, of paragraphs there and it's like that's fine but I think that when you're a young player like that especially with a World Cup there's enough pressure on you anyway there's enough hype and expectation that's kind of on you because you're there you're at the World Cup at 22 without a whole ton of um of of provincial you know game time and and uh action behind you so it's like yeah like it's great that he's there and i think and i like him as a player but i find that stuff it puts a ton of expectation on him and even in that game against romania there was a couple of times when i was thinking dude you've got to like you've got to start looking for that try like it was a couple of, of of moments where he was just again over chasing moments i felt and not just playing his natural game now that could be nothing at all to do with his the hype he's got this week but also i don't think it helps if you've got that in your head where you're going do you know what i want to try in a world cup and romania is my chance to get it so just a few moments that i saw that i was just like watching it back in particular you're just like okay fucking calm down play your game you know and like nail your detail at the same time though like he's playing better than ian henderson and I think the physicality that he brings and he was scrummaging a tight head lock which is a really important role for this Ireland team because I think it finally and I think this selection almost proves it that trying to shoehorn James Ryan into that spot given the other locks that are available is a bad use of resources so when I saw him scrummaging behind Tyg Furlong I'm thinking okay that's interesting it allows James Ryan to be a more active player it means he doesn't have to conserve as much energy for scrummaging, um, at least for because if you want James Ryan to be an eighty-minute player and for him to be fully effective for that for those eighty minutes, I think allowing him to scrummage on the loose head side it's not radically easier, but it just gives you just those extra few more calories that you can use for your impact ball carrying, your uh, offensive breakdown, your lineout involvements. You're not doing everything in that regard. So we need James Ryan in that back five and front five to do a lot for this team. So like that's the biggest thing for me is that if they want to ease that burden on him, it seems that Joe McCarthy is the guy with the right profile to do that. Ian Henderson has been that guy for Ireland where he has scrummers on the tight head side, but I don't think he's playing really well right now. I think physically he doesn't look like the same player that he was a year or two ago even a couple of years ago look everybody gets older everybody has injuries that take them out and, and take something from them but I think if you look at that back five that Ireland had here I think they're considering that for South Africa I think that's something that they're really looking at there's risks involved because McCarthy is he's still really immature in that you know you can see guys are minding him at the line out and that his role is is really limited to being a lifter 
um, because they don't, they feel I think they feel that if they put them on too many lifting and jumping routes that he might get confused one of the things I've seen from him in previous games was him getting lost on um, different runs and escorts so like on, on a defensive counter lift for example he'd get lost and confused and he'd be kind of going in between both um, Ryan Baird had the same issue a few years ago with Leinster and I remember James Ryan actually fucking yelling at him mid-air on the way down because he blew his lift like that's the risk with Joe McCarthy but on the other side of it as we saw in this game big Maldi where he's able to get in over the, the lifters even though Romania's build was fairly rudimentary and basic he was able to get in there and just fucking destroy run up the middle of those malls and physically he looks like a big tough guy he's hard to stop in the carry he hits hard when he does hit in defence his defensive breakdown is, is, is okay as well his offensive breakdown he's big and he's physical but again I still think he needs to be driven around the field a small bit do you risk that against South Africa where he's just going to be struggling for air against the physicality that's going to be coming his way there I think that's a calculated risk that they may take but I also think that back five of um, Byrne is a half lock with Peter Romani playing that heavy combo flanker role at seven with Doris at eight although we need to see a lot more from Doris than we did in this game against Romania I thought he was actually really quiet despite Ireland actually just you know jogging away with the game overall that's going to be the question for uh, South Africa do they want to have okay bring Henderson on you could, you, you could make an argument bring him off the bench for McCarthy basically say to McCarthy give us a fucking big 50 minutes Henderson comes on for the last half an hour and he's coming into a game where the pattern's already set and you can come on and give you a big half an hour I mean I think that'd be an easy enough ask for them and if things start to go wrong you've got Byrne there as well I think Ireland might even go 6-2 on the bench if uh, Jack Conan is fit which again if he is fit I think we need to see him this week against Tonga I think you could make the same argument for Dan Sheehan I don't think you want those guys coming in ice cold after being hurt against the Springboks I think that is not something that they'll want to do so I think we'll know a lot this week about their availability and then we're kind of just getting into I know I'm kind of talking around Romania but like I've watched the game back three times once for the live I don't count live on my watchbacks so three watchbacks plus live Um, I did the breakdown one on number three going through for clips on number two just kind of getting a feel of the game on the, on the first watchback and there's really nothing more to it like Romania were wildly outmatched they didn't understand Ireland's counter transition game but even if they did they didn't have the conditioning or the fitness or the tactical discipline to stick with it and as a result Ireland tore them up and they just had way too much um, Ireland just had way too much of everything everywhere like R- Romania had no way to get out of that game without getting a spanking like they couldn't just kick the ball off the field because Ireland's lineup would tear them up both in the mall and off the mall as it did anyway they couldn't play the ball themselves as in go well look you'll kick it to us and we'll run, run through the phases because Ty Byrne Andrew Porter Caelan Doris Peter Manny would have just again gobbled them up at the breakdown there and again they're not conditioned to play that game at this pace so they would have blown themselves out and they were left with mostly doing what they did which is when we get the ball we just kick it downfield we'll chase and they got blown away by Ireland on, on, on those post transition phases like relentlessly to the point in the second half they re- Ireland were even doing off restarts because they were not getting up 
to the, the transition line fast enough with a transition the, the transition line being their own kickoff so like that's just it, it is what it is like there's not much that Ireland can take from it except that guys didn't get hurt and you can go on to the Tonga game now where the World Cup actually starts properly and that's going to be the key thing getting to that next stage and getting to that uh, to that World Cup game uh, against the Springboks where that is a decider like France and the All Blacks they've had their decider um, England and Argentina had their decider that's what we're out now that's coming up in two weeks and we have got to be on the ball for that one because if we're off physically or we're not sharp going into that game like they will fuck us up people think that oh well that happened to Scotland but that won't happen to us that can happen to us really really easily if we're not on it for that game so we need to get to that game at 100% and that's the the selection worry for this week do you go for momentum to make sure that you're 100% with the risk that if Andrew Porter gets injured we're in a bad place or do you rotate guys out take a hit to your cohesion and momentum look to try and get the win and then build back up for the Springboks that's the two decisions that they have to make and we'll see what way Andy Farrell goes uh, the other game that was of interest this weekend was Munster versus um, Munster versus Leinster Leinster? oh that, that that team from the east of the country that's right that's right um, Munster lost that game fairly heavily I watched it on Access Munster and it was a really good stream really good service actually um, as you'd expect uh, streamsports.ie are the guys who were looking after that streaming and they are one of the best in the country one of the best in Europe I think at on demand streaming like that they are outstandingly good um, but yeah watch the game back today I won't be doing an article on it because it is such a pre-season friendly game like Munster made so many mistakes <laughs> like it was and, and that happens with on-ball teams where you have to build a relationship between the guys who are playing and, and guys were coming in ice cold it looked like where the contact work wasn't what it needed to be the handling was all over the place there was guys snatching and off-scheme passes that, like I mean that said look Munster produced I think I heard Mike Prendergast saying they got 14 22 entries and wildly underscored them which they did handling errors you know collision not being what it needed to be breakdown not being what it needed to be basically what we saw a lot of at, at the early stages of last season now again we were playing a lot smaller than Leinster even if Leinster had rotated names in there we were giving up a lot of size and weight in the front row and, in, and not in the front row in the front five in general and in the pack overall I would say like and that's just a reality um, and in low cohesion games like this power usually wins Leinster didn't really have to do much for their points that they scored like Munster gave away some really silly offside penalties Leinster kicked they mauled we struggled to deal with the maul and the post maul phases that's how they got a lot of their scores they gave we had two intercepts one that was a direct try off an intercept another that led to basically a try on the next phase because it was a there was a scrum conceded or a, a penalty or whatever else they launched off the back of that and scored a try off five metres again look it was a good win for Leinster they didn't have to do all that much uh, for it and most of it came from Munster errors or just again Munster inaccuracy where we weren't able to pressurise the scoreboard we weren't able to like pressurise the tempo of the game 
Um, the standouts for me for Munster after watching it back were I thought Scott Buckley did really well. Looks really good physically. Looks he's in, he looks like he's in great shape. Um, we'll need that guy this year. I think he's a fellow who I think is due a breakout year. We'll know this year what the crack is with Scott Buckley. I think, but I like him as a player. I think he's really explosive. There's an athlete there, and that's the type of guy you need at hooker these days. His lineout throwing looked pretty good. Our our lineout schemes looked uh, off again. Like they're not just. Again, guys were kind of looked like they were off rolling there, or they were learning different parts of the, you know, the, the, the like the, the lineout schemes. That again, very preseason. Um, I thought that um, Chris Moore off the bench as well at hooker. I thought he looked really good, really physical. That's the type of guy you want. I thought he looked re- impressive as well. So we'll see how he goes. Tony Butler, I thought played well, had some decent moments. Um, I thought Alex Kendon looked all right as well. Um. Coombs and Witcherly in the second row again I don't like that as a starting pairing I don't mind it as a, as, a, as, a, as a finishing pairing I think we've seen that before but I think they were giving up a lot of size um, I thought that Josh Witcherly did okay uh, Kieran Ryan actually had some good moments in the scrum John Ryan looked really aggressive there as well uh, gave uh, Paddy McCarthy a tough time I think on one or two occasions um, Fionn Gibbons had some good moments great moment for, for Stephen Kiley to score his try as well Evan O'Connell looked like he's put on a fair bit of size also uh, Ruan Quinn looked fairly explosive too but I think that the issue was that there was just very little cohesion in that group uh, and there was like just a lot of errors and uh, a lot of guys who were coming back from long layoffs like Andrew Conway great to see him out there as well but uh, I think Munster will be better for having got this game into the books because there's going to be so much like soft defence you know the attack looked just all over the place just where guys were again just getting their eye in more than anything now the fact that it happened in front of 8,400 paying spectators is not ideal but look take the the harsh like fucking review that's going to be coming on that game I know they're on a down week this week but just build into it we've seen last season the preseason, even the start of the season doesn't really matter but we should be making things easier for ourselves this year start really strong this was looked like a team that hadn't done a whole lot of pre- like well they've done, obviously done a lot of prep but this seemed like the first game against the, again a very settled and cohesive team we're still learning a lot of our schemes I feel so until that's bedded in multiple season upon season you're going to have the start of the year guys coming in with the fucking engine spluttering you know we need to warm that engine up and this is a good way to get it started uh, I'm interested I'm excited actually to see how this team go um, against Connacht and against the Barbarians because I think that's our pre-season peak game is that home game against the Barbarians and um, that should launch us into the URC season I think we'll also be better with Antoine Frieschen there as well I felt our midfield looked, looked very patched together and that hurts you in this system because that midfield needs to be on it um, so we will be yeah, fairly, fairly. Uh, I would say better off having had this fairly poor performance, uh, and we'll be a lot better off with it in the bank as opposed to overly focusing on the results. Um, so yeah, I think overall, forget it ever happened. <laughs> Enjoy it for what it was. I hope you had. A, if you went to the game, I hope you had a nice point. I hope you enjoyed the nice evening. The game itself was, again, not much of a muchness, but I would read absolutely nothing into it. Um, and just look forward to the next one because we've seen this 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 monster team or a champion team, and it's not about how you start, it's about how you finish. And I think that if they can just again just tighten up a few small things, there was a lot of tries they left behind them out there, a lot of errors, a lot of mistakes, and it's like that in itself is encouraging. So take it for what it is. Um, I hope you had a nice day at the game if you went, 
Um, but Monster will be much better for having this game in the bank. So thank you for joining me. Thank you very much for being a TRK subscriber. By the way, this is my eighth anniversary, my my eighth season. I did it at the September 11th uh, in 2015, in the middle of the 2015, 2015 World Cup. That's when I launched this site. Um, and the fact that I'm still doing it eight years later and it's actually my job is because of you listening to this right now. Um, I just, I can't ever really make it clear to you how much I appreciate your subscription how how much you've helped me like because how much my life has changed from 2015 like I was living in a homeless hostel um I was living basically day to day I used because I was feeling miserable 20 euro out of the last 50 euro I had make a site try and do something try and write something and you can write these things and maybe you'll get a job somewhere or maybe you'll maybe you can just build a CV maybe the examiner will hire you maybe you can use it to kind of pivot over to something else maybe the independent will hire you because initially in the first couple of months the, the first bit of actual kind of recognition I got was from the independent believe it or not with their Heineken rugby club um, but yeah like for that to go from just that desperate place where like at my dinner that day after making that after making like threeredkings.com the dinner I had was expired ham that I'd gotten in the discount shelf in Tesco for ridiculously cheap. Like, it should have been free, but I paid for that fucking grey ham. And I put it into, I think it was Little Bread, which was, what was it, 30 cent at a time, something like that. And um, that's what I had for my dinner that night after setting it up for the first time. And the first article's name was Return of Kings. And to think that I've gone from, from that to where I am now where I took my daughter to crash today for the first time and she got on great like she got in and she was in there sitting she, there was a little girl she knew or you know we think she knew because <laughs> she's one of my partner's best friend's daughters and to, to be able to go in there and to not have to worry about like things I used to worry about like as in do I have enough food to eat tonight will I have a roof over my head tomorrow like it's you your subscription has helped me get from there to here where I can look at my little daughter inside there and just so happy like like almost tears in my eyes that she's not crying because she was you know away from us and she was inside there just playing with blocks and having a nice time and it's like that would not be possible without your subscription and your support of what I've done here not just this month or like all of the months previous all of the years previous for some of you I'll never be able to fully get over to you how much I appreciate that and how much like I, how grateful I am for it um, because it's given me this life that I never could have dreamed would, would, would have been possible to have the, my, my partner in my life just because uh, again I got engaged last week like that could like to think that that would be possible in those that, that bad summer of 2015 to think that that could be my life eight years later like that's all changed and it's all changed because of your subscription has helped me to do that and I know I've, I've had to do different things myself and I know I've had a lot of bumps along the way but your subscription your support has helped me get from there to here and I'll never be able to fully express how grateful I am for that so thank you thank you very much for everything you've done for me um, I'll be back with a lot more content this week as we build to Tonga and uh, get this World Cup off to a proper how it feels like the proper World Cup is kind of starting now so thank you very much thank you very much for being a subscriber 
I'll talk to you again very, very soon. Bye.